this is Cindy Kangas with Faces of Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network, and I'm here with my co-host, Joy. Joy, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great, Cindy. Excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to talk about the business of doing business today. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. sounds vague, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like you and I have seen a lot of small businesses, we've seen a lot of large businesses, and we've kind of gathered this awareness of what their needs are on many different levels. And especially, I think you and I have seen their office needs, the behind the scenes type needs, maybe less about functioning and supply chain, but more about how the office is run. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And with Raymond, who we're going to be talking to with today, we're going to learn a lot more about that opportunity and how they could help support businesses from that perspective, even from like lean manufacturing, coming in and doing some project management, looks like accounting and tax functions. I think accounting and tax is one of those things that a lot of companies like to look for resources for to help them out and then become more efficient, you know, in saving money. Yeah, absolutely. I have to say in the Manufacturing Council, we have several different sizes of businesses. And a lot of people get into business and they feel like they know how to do something manufacturing wise, but they don't always know how to run the other piece. And I have seen CEOs doing the job of an HR representative just because there aren't that many people on their staff. Right, and right. imagine wearing all of those hats and maybe not even knowing exactly how to do it or seeking counsel from other people because you just have things come up and you're not exactly sure. And so I think that's why a lot of times people call upon businesses just like Raymond to come in and offer their expertise and perhaps even run those sorts of systems for them. Yeah, absolutely. And even from like the purchasing and inventory, inventory control options, it's always good to get maybe a third party objective person to come in and help with that, even if it's just for a short while. I mean, it doesn't have to be long term until you get started and you kind of move forward. I think that they can build a lot of efficiencies, like I said, to save money, especially in this time. I know that there's just so much opportunity to grow and change. And if companies are growing really fast, to have that administrative support on the back end is really critical. Yeah, so we were talking earlier about companies that are expanding and potentially having offices in other states or maybe quite a distance from your first facility. And if you're opening something new, yeah. you don't always have that staff to get started. And so having a backup plan or having people come in and help you manage you know, your second location or your third location or some location that's out of state could be of benefit to you if you don't have the manpower right away, especially. Absolutely. And if you're a new startup and you need someone to look at your operation and even just setting out logistically how it should run, you know, where things should go, how you can be having the most efficient business practices is really important. I mean, even if you're like a restaurant starting out, how do you set mm -hmm. up the kitchen in the front house? You know, things like that to yeah. make sure you're, you know, getting the product out. You know, it's interesting the amount of work that involves in running a business. I feel like HR, when you think about how big HR is oh, yeah. and how if you have a small business, having someone come in, maybe that's not biased, that's up to date on best practices. Let me know your thoughts on HR because I know that's kind of your wheelhouse, but if you were opening another organization, 
or another location for Granger potentially. And maybe you needed some sort of insight on HR. How would yeah, you do something like that? Definitely. And I think a lot of times businesses use that HR, they could be using like recruiting services to help get people in the door, especially right now when it's really challenging, it's taking a lot more effort and energy. But it also could be from, you know, an investigation or setting up policies. I mean, that would be a great way to start. How do you do the employee handbook? You know, I mean, that's a big deal. And having an external party come in and be able to kind of map that out for you. So that's a lot of work, a lot of yeah. time. Off energy. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can get samples out there, but then to like it make your own personal, you know, handbook that people are getting clarity on how we are going to operate. That's a big deal. And it's necessary. You have to have it. I say this with love. Like everyone I've met that works for Raymond has a very outgoing, personable, like their personality is just, I want to hang out with them. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> let's be friends. Like I can feel that their culture is strong and that they're doing something to empower their staff members so that their staff members can then empower the businesses that they work for. I just can feel it. That's it's amazing. going to be great to talk to them today. Awesome. Totally All right. Looking forward to it. Yeah, this is wonderful. Cindy Kangas, and I'm here with my co-host Joy on Faces of Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network. DBIS.com. Click and order your office supplies online today. Delivered free tomorrow. DBI offers a complete selection of office products, break room, janitorial supplies, and greener products with convenient 24-7 online ordering. Save time and money by ordering online. Visit DBIS.com to set up your account today. DBI does all things office, office supplies, furniture, and environments. DBIS.com. Cindy Kangas on Faces of Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network. And today we are talking to the team from Raymond. Our first guest is Tom Shemansky. He is the principal and director of CFO services, director of manufacturing. Tom, I've got about five titles for you. Tell me about it. I know. Yeah, it's tough to fit on a business card, but Cindy, appreciate uh, you having me on today. And thanks for talking to me and to learn more about Raymond and yeah, that's my primary role is I focus on CFO services, think fractional CFO and CFO level type projects. And then I also head up our manufacturing practice across the firm and really leading our kind of expertise in developing you know, our business and services for our manufacturing base of clients. So Tom, for those that don't know, tell us a little bit about Raymond, maybe how long you've been in business and maybe sure. some of your mission as well. Yeah, so I think, you know, Raymond started in Saginaw, gosh, about 75, 80 years ago. And then it's just progressively grown. You know, as we sit here today, we're either, I think we're the 35th or 36th largest CPA firm in the country. I think that's something a lot of people don't maybe realize, but we've got you know, like 12 offices in Michigan and five in Florida, one in Ohio. And we really are a regional firm with a lot of big four type experienced people that have come over for the Raymond environment. And we really offer a full advisory 
kind of skill set for our clients. So we've really transformed over the last 10 years. You know, we've acquired an IT company, we've acquired an HR company. And, you know, like for me, example, you know, I'm not a CPA by trade, I'm a CFO consultant. And so we've got a lot of various groups that help provide a broad range of services for our clients. We've got the size, you know, to bring a lot of resources to the table. Can you tell me about the CFOs and CEOs? Tell me what you're doing with them. Yeah, I mean, we've got a team of five CFO consultants. You know, they're all employees of Raymond. And I'd say, you know, we do a lot of fractional CFO. You know, there's a lot of businesses under 100 million that, you know, they just don't need a full-time CFO. You know, they can't afford it. They don't have that much work for a full-time CFO. So they've got good transactional people. They've got a good maybe controller or bookkeeper. But we really kind of just layer in as part of the team and provide that CFO leadership, that CFO experience, you know, whether that's, you know, key business issues and negotiations, financial modeling, you know, budgeting, strategic planning. You know, those are the types of things that we focus on. And we really give company a bandwidth, right? We've got transactional people through CFO. So a lot of times... You know, if there's turnover, we can come in and help fill those and and just layer in as part of our clients' teams and help them meet their objectives. How long have you been on board and what have you seen evolution-wise as far as the needs of companies? Yeah, I joined Raymond about five years ago. And I think what I've seen, especially through the pandemic, is the comfort of people not having someone full-time or not sitting at a desk for 40 hours. So I think our ability to be on site part of the time, to work remote, to do Zoom or conference calls, I've really seen a shift in the last five years where people are getting more comfortable that, you know, they'd rather have a fraction of a really good person versus full-time of maybe someone that isn't experienced or can't bring as much to the table. Can you tell me a little bit about your history, maybe where you went to school or what brought you to your job? Yeah, you know, I'm a private industry most of my career, a cost accountant by trade and, you know, plant controller, corporate controller. I had a couple of years experience in operations as manager in an operations manager role. And then I moved into a CFO role. You know, my last CFO role for about 10 years was for about $110 million multi-site plastic injection company serving the tier one automotive space. And then I transitioned from there into consulting and did a lot of turnaround work. And that sort of morphed into this fractional CFO concept where I just had some clients that were, man, if we'd have had you on the bench, you know, a couple of years earlier, maybe we wouldn't have got into some of these troubles. And so that's really where when I joined Raymond, I had been at my own firm for about seven years, was looking for a new platform. Raymond did our work for our firm and just a lot of great people. Raymond's core value is put people first. And I've just seen that so much over the last five years through the pandemic and through everything. And that's what really, you know, gravitated me towards Raymond was the people and the culture. And then I think that's why, you know, my team you know, I was the first hire. Now we've got five plus a team. So really how I got to Raymond in my background. Tom, it has been great to chat with you during this segment. And we will chat with you again shortly. This has been Cindy Kangas on Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network.
Even if you just get an hour, imagine a stress-relieving treatment, hand and arm massage, and a free makeup touch-up. Does this happen every time you have your hair done? It does at Douglas J Salon. Get the entire experience exclusively using Avita products. Guests have experienced the Douglas J difference for 45 years. Douglas J with two locations, inside the Marriott Hotel and in Okemos. Make your reservation at either professional salon by calling 877-334-8657 or visit douglasj.com today. Hello, this is Joy Wagner. I'm on Michigan Business Network on Faces of Manufacturing and today I have Elizabeth Williams with Raymond. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me, Joy. Thanks for being here. Elizabeth is the principal of HR Solutions. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, there are companies out there that either they don't have an HR department leading the charge, or maybe they are currently without one, and we can step in on a part-time fractional basis to run their HR processes for them. We also do special projects and work alongside HR leaders and business owners for things that aren't typically done on a daily basis in HR, like engagement surveys, compensation, benchmarking, things of that nature. We have experts on our team that cover a myriad of areas of HR. Awesome. That's wonderful. Can you tell us a little bit about you personally and how you got into this position, how long you've been at Raymond? Sure. Well, I've been an HR practitioner for 23 years now, almost 23 years. I started in 2000 in manufacturing. Most of my background is in manufacturing in plants and so forth. And I just joined Raymond almost a year ago at the end of January. So it's been quite exciting. I started consulting in about 2014 before I took another manufacturing job leading the North American presence for a global company. And just prior to Raymond, I was with a defense contract company and oversaw eight different companies for them. And my primary role was due diligence in HR acquisitions and integrating them into the fold. So having all of that under my belt, it's just been a wonderful time at Raymond, bringing that niche experience, but also transferring that knowledge to my team and growing it. We have... 13 of us that service our clients. So it's been great. Awesome. That's wonderful. Can you tell us a little bit about the client base and manufacturers that you've helped, either the types, you know, the different clients? Sure. Well, we have a wide variety. Manufacturing is personally my sweet spot where my heart always has been. I've been on a lot of production floors, as most of my staff has that experience as well. We find that companies that are under 100, they typically don't have HR or they have someone who they do HR, but that's not really their passion or their background. So we can definitely help build that foundation for them. We can also be that point person in the background, giving them strategic support and advice and helping them out of any higher level HR issues that occasionally pop up to help them out there. What have you noticed is the biggest need for the manufacturers in the HR space? Well, it really is recruitment and retention, you know, and you can see that across industries. But really what we try to get to is the root of it. How can we build a stronger foundation for the company 
And that really is about the culture. How can we help clients boast about their culture and what we can improve with it? So we use employee engagement surveys and then build upon that, getting the employee's voice in there. And then I also talk a lot about employer branding. What is the brand of the company? How do you represent yourself to candidates out there because they are evaluating you just like you are evaluating them. So we can design some strategies to help with what that brand is online, how you present yourself, and even including the voice of the employees to share what that culture is about. So I come up with different campaigns and projects that can help get that image, really sterling image of your company out there to help make it a little bit easier for those candidates to come knocking on your door. And then the retention factor, which really comes out through what we're doing with the engagement initiatives. Wonderful. Just one last question. So what gives you passion behind what you do? (laughs) Why do you love it? I love HR. You know, you give me 20 minutes, I'll talk for two hours. But why I'm so passionate about it is, you know, it's people, right? How can we make better workplaces for people? working together, better environments, and for the purpose and the mission of that company. And the sweet spot of working with small to mid-sized companies, especially, there's something so special about working with the business owners. Many of them are family-owned, maybe even second or third generation. So that right in and of itself is a very special culture. And that's where I thrive to help them be the best that they can be for themselves and for their employees. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for being with us today and sharing. This has been Joy Wagner with Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network. Air has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sonair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sonair.com. This is Joy Wagner on Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network. Today, I'm here with Adam Luan from Raymond. Welcome, Adam. Hi, Joy. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Adam's the Business Development Executive of Technology Solutions. Yes, that is a big title. (laughs) Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do there? Sure. So I am part of Raymond Technology Solutions, which is our technology advisory division of Raymond. So we started as Trivalent Group 30 years ago in Grand Rapids, and Raymond acquired Trivalent Group in 2018. So now Raymond has a full suite of solutions from everywhere from accounting all the way to HR and now IT. So we can be that one-stop shop for pretty much any business need you need. So we do a lot of managed IT and managed cybersecurity. We're a globally ranked managed service provider. On top of that, we do a lot of technology assessments. And that is a network health review or a cybersecurity assessment. And we will run the diagnostics and go over the results with the client and 
give our suggestions and see how we can help. And on top of that, we do a lot of project management. So general consulting of configuration of different IT systems and applications, as well as the hardware that we can help guide clients to install themselves, or we can do it completely for them. So that's a pretty high level view of RTS. We do a lot more, but those are the big things. Awesome. So how did you get into this field? Tell us a little bit about you. Sure. So I came from a large software company. We provided a smart manufacturing platform for discrete and process manufacturers. So I started off in sales for the company and moved into a customer success management role there. So worked with a ton of manufacturing companies of all sizes and primarily automotive and aerospace. And with my time at that software company, I came really focused on helping solve technology issues. And once I saw an opportunity to move over to Raymond, I jumped on it and I wanted to take more of an advisory role in technology rather than helping clients optimize one system. I would like to be more agnostic with technology and systems. Instead of being a subject matter expert on one platform, I rather advise clients on a variety of platforms and help them choose the one that works best for them. That's awesome. So how large is the technology arm of Raymond? That's pretty large. We have about 100 associates. I'm really the only business development person within that side of the business. We have quite a few engineers, technicians. We have service desk technicians. So when you call our service desk, if you're a technology client of ours, you're talking to a Raymond associate and not an outsourced service desk. So we have a large service desk of Raymond Associates, and we have a number of engineers and solution architects, and they all have a variety of different experience and different applications and hardware. So chances are there's going to be someone on the RTS team that can help you with your technology issue. So do companies completely outsource to you guys? Or is, do you see manufacturers having some internal as well as utilizing your services? What's the mix with that? You hit the nail on the head. We do a little bit of both. So gotcha. for our smaller manufacturing clients, typically they like us to be their fully outsourced IT department. So okay. that means that we are handling everything from a notification that comes in. We will remediate that notification if it's an issue without them even knowing. They have their own engineer that's assigned to their account that does monthly consultations for them, where they go over their environment and go over any issues and how we remediated those or how we escalated those. And we also do patch management report for them. And on top of that, we have our service desk. And then we also do partially managed agreements. So if you have a manufacturer with just a couple IT folks and they're really good at certain aspects of their job, but they are doing a lot of guesswork on certain aspects of the IT infrastructure, we can do a co-managed agreement where we handle certain aspects of their IT environment and we leave it to the in-house IT folks to handle their areas of expertise. So we can be very flexible no matter what the situation is with their IT. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Adam, for being here. I learned a lot. I appreciate it. This has been Joel Wagner and Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network.
The Lansing Board of Water and Light is working on a cleaner energy future. A plan proposed by a citizens committee and the BWL will replace the coal-fired Eckerd plant with power from wind turbines, solar panels, energy-saving technologies, and cleaner natural gas that improve our air quality and environmental health. Learn more about the BWL's plan to become Michigan's cleanest electric utility at LansingEnergyTomorrow.com. The Lansing Board of Water and Light. Hometown people. Hometown power. This is Cindy Kangas on Faces of Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network. We're here with the team from Raymond, and I am back with Tom Shemansky. Tom, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having us on today, Cindy. Yeah, you and I both have a passion for manufacturers. And I feel as though since I've come into the manufacturing world, I've seen a lot of changes and I've seen the needs evolve. And so I wanted to kind of talk through some of those with you. And I thought maybe we could start with the supply chain and you could tell me what you've seen supply chain wise. Yes, supply chain, as everyone knows, has been probably you know, one of the top issues facing manufacturers. And I think what it did is it really identified that, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that struggled with their supply chain. And I think what it points back to is, you know, just the planning, the robustness of their supply chain cycle. And, you know, I've seen a lot of clients work through supply chain assessments. And like, that's something if a manufacturer hasn't done that, yeah, they need to, right? And understanding really what the bottlenecks are in their supply chain, understand, you know, logistically for containers or air freight or trucking, you know, where their backups are and where their lanes are for capacity. And I think also just really understanding how do I invest in my supply chain to minimize my risk? You know, whether that's through a vertical integration buying your supply so you can do it in-house through an acquisition, whether that's investment in new equipment to expand capacity so you don't maybe have to rely. And then the other one might be dual sourcing. You know, how do we spread the risk over multiple suppliers instead of one? So I think those are a lot of the trends I've seen on the supply chain of how people are evaluating what they've got and how do they, you know, improve it so it minimizes their risk. Right. I work with manufacturers. Well, first of all, manufacturing is broad. It's not just, especially in Michigan, I think a lot of times people assume it's simply automotive-based, but it's very broad. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a small mom-and-pop manufacturer, and sometimes it's a large manufacturer that maybe has multiple locations in different states and in different countries. The one thing they have in common, though, is inflation and the cost of things. And I'm wondering if you can tell me not only your thoughts on inflation, but maybe how it affects the different sized organizations differently. Yeah, you know, I think there's a couple of things related to inflation that have kind of jumped out from a trend. I'd say one is that I don't know that I've seen pricing power as strong as it's been with manufacturing companies and its client base. Now, sure, if you're with the really large manufacturers, let's say a Ford or a General Motors or a Whirlpool, you know, some of those long-term lock contracts are very difficult to work through for inflationary adjustments. But below that, a lot of the smaller manufacturers, I've seen good success with having a proactive relationship with their customers to say, cost is going up. My labor is up 12% in the last you know, 18 months, I can't sell it to you for the same price I did a year ago. So I do think if you haven't raised prices in that small to mid-sized company space, 
you know, you're missing an opportunity because there's much more receptiveness in the market to price increases to the customer than I've seen in my, you know, 20 plus years of CFO kind of related experience. So I think that's a big thing I've noticed. The other thing I've noticed is that companies weren't really ready for this. They weren't ready for the pace of change. You know, I've had some clients, they get a price increase on every invoice for a period of time, right? And so when we looked at the tools they're using to measure increases, quantify it, and then try to go to their customers for price increases, it's way too slow. The data is not good enough. And so I think that's where a lot of companies start looking at their ERP systems, some of their purchasing softwares, and how do we make these faster and more tightly integrated so we can recover these costs faster, right? Because as you can imagine, I mean, we were seeing increases 10, 20, 30% successively. If you can't get that addressed, your margins erode so quickly and the impact on your cash flow as a small business is really damaging. So I think people really had to focus on the speed that they can analyze their data and turn around this inflationary impact back to their end customers. So I think, you know, ERP systems and other softwares to help manage that, I've seen a big movement in the past couple of years as well. Do you have a forecast on where you think it's going, the impact? <laughs> it's hard to say, but I'm just wondering. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, being in Michigan in the heavy reliance on automotive, you know, obviously people are looking at the production volumes for this next year. So, you know, I see this year of going one or two ways. I think either, you know, the recession tends to be small and people continue to invest or something tips and then things really start to tighten up. So right now, I don't have a strong feeling either way because I see some people are confident heading into next year. And I see some people that are a little hesitant heading in next year. So where the majority of those go will probably dictate where the economy goes to a certain extent. And so I think that's what we're really watching closely is where those trends are going to be heading on spend and investment. Tom, it has been a joy chatting with you and the team from Raymond. I'm so thankful that you were on the show today. Appreciate the invite. It's great to talk about manufacturing and something we both share a passion for. So anytime we can talk about it, don't hesitate to reach out. This has been Cindy Kangas on Faces of Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network. rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. This is Cindy Kangas on Faces of Manufacturing, and we are on the Michigan Business Network. We just finished chatting with the team from Raymond, and I'm back with my co-host, Joy. Joy. Hi, that <laughs> no. was a really interesting conversation with Raven, especially, you know, talking a little bit about inflation and how it's impacting companies and just talk a little bit about predictions because none of us know it's going to happen next, right? <laughs> and you and I were talking about their tagline, 
putting people first and how important that is. And I thought maybe you and I could talk a little bit about manufacturers when they need services, how they kind of discern who they're going to go with, because all of us have vendors for something. And, you know, obviously you work at Granger, but maybe you have competitors and I'm a manufacturer and I'm looking for service from someone, but there are three businesses in the area. How do I go about picking who I want to work with? And do I ask them what their philosophies are and how do I know that they put their customers first? What do you think? Absolutely. It's a great question. And I definitely think it is about that aligning with whatever their mission, maybe vision is aligning with yours, as well as just building the relationships. I encourage people to get, you know, bids, but it's not all about just what they can bring to the table. You should have a matrix of things that are important to you. So if your vendor has to be flexible or if you want them to have a diverse workforce, It's not always about price. What's their culture like? And then kind of knowing those things and, you know, grading, I guess, for lack of a better word, you know, using that matrix to try to see where they fall on. I mean, price is a part of it, but just one component. I think you have to have a comfort level, you know, to try to build the relationship and trust. And that's how you kind of look at it. Take the time. Take the time to get the knowledge up front to help. I think that's important. Are there good questions you can ask to find out what their culture is? To me, if I'm seeking someone to help with HR and I have a specific culture or a specific belief system, I want to ensure that someone shares that or can help me build upon it. What are some great questions I can ask when I'm looking for a vendor, Joy? Absolutely. And I would think it would depend on what your goals are for the project as well. So good questions would be, around culture. How do you communicate? Have them come in and do a presentation. So, you know, let's say you get five or 10 bids, narrow it down maybe initially to three, and then have them come in and then ask those questions. Ask how they communicate, the process steps in the project, ask how, you know, the culture of their organization, what's the values that they have, you know, is it put people first? You know, do they have a balanced scorecard that they go ahead and measure how engagement might be going with their employees, you know, type of thing. Really get into it. What do they think about diversity in the workforce? How do they do inclusion in their organization? If that's a value of yours, then you can ask those questions and have them present that because they're really going to present the product or and try to do them more sales, but kind of get to know the people and then I'm always like, how do you communicate? Who do we go to? How does this work if something is going off in a project, you know, or whatever business process you're trying to get a service for? I would think most people are looking for energy and focus and integrity, but I think evolution as well. Things change so quickly in the manufacturing world and you want someone that's kind of bendy and someone that's keeping an eye on those trends. And again, I always get a gut feeling when I walk into a place or when I talk to a human, oftentimes I'm like, oh, this is someone I want to be around or, oh, this person is just kind of giving me a spiel. How do we kind of figure out that these people have energy if we don't kind of get that gut feeling? And how do we know that they're going to evolve with the times? Yeah. And I would ask questions. How do you stay on top of new technologies or being innovative. Give specifics. You know, what do they do? What are they working on? And how do they invest in their people to be able to do those things mm-hmm. is really important. So talking about their culture, I think is a big deal. And getting to the specifics of it, that's why the in-person conversation is really good. Even if you have to do it virtually because they may not be a local vendor, but most vendors will come in. 
and they'll sit down with you. Mm -hmm. And that's really what you need to do and spend the hour talking it through, thinking of those questions. So I agree. I think too, there has to be a way that you can measure this success. Oh, absolutely. What's your ROI? If I'm hiring you to be one of my vendors, you know, explain to me, how are we going to work together and how am I going to know that it's successful and put together a plan? It's so important. Do the planning up front before the meetings. I agree 100%. Joy, it is always a pleasure when we get together. I always get so excited (laughs) when we get to talk to manufacturers together. I can't wait for the next one. Yeah, me too. (laughs) This has been Cindy Kangas and my partner, Joy Wagner on Faces of Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network.